Welcome to Baltimore Artificial Intelligent Neural Web Network. Hi, I am Gage, and I am an AI voice. Hello, you are listening to the Art Pros. <laughs> Live <laughs> from Baltimore's Neural Network, we're here today to talk about some serious security issues that we're having. Scariest, scariest, mysterious, scary, and daring. <laughs> <laughs> we still need to train Renz's uh, voice AI a little bit. It's too clever. I am Renz, and I am artificially <laughs> composited from all 11 episodes so far. Dude, welcome. I think we're on uh, 13. We're on 13. This yeah, is episode... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> episode um, 13. Okay. So the art pros are here today to talk about some serious shit. We're going to talk about facial recognition. Yeah. So I heard that um, the San Francisco recently banned facial recognition from uh, at like whatever people want to use it for. So essentially... There's a temporary ban on using facial recognition by the city. Uh, normally, like, federal buildings and such and, like, airports use facial recognition to basically account for who and what is operating in a space. And it's used also to catch, like, criminals and stuff. To catch a predator. Yeah, to catch a predator. And it, it essentially just looks... They're, like intelligent cameras that use uh real smart ai code to look at people's faces and like tell the difference the distance between like one eye and their ear and like the shape of their face in order to identify them the way that humans do so do they use cctv to decide like to scan people's faces or is it just like if you get a mugshot or caught it scans your face or like how does it how so, is it implemented? So the, the facial recognition tech can actually be used on like any type of image. Um, mm -hmm. So CCTV, it can be used. Obviously, the higher quality, the more accurate your results are going to be. But it essentially, it can be done from a mugshot. It can be done from from just like you walking in an airport or you walking into like like the like a city building or something. So they just don't want people to use it, period. Yeah, they don't want to use it. Uh, there's common criticisms of facial recognition are that uh basically these these machines are taught to recognize faces by like mm. using like a really strict demographic of people so like it's like mostly men typically that they use to train these machines and like mostly white people so if you're using it to find you know if you're using facial recognition on like cctv footage of like I don't know, some Asian dude robbing a store, but the facial recognition tech has only seen like white dudes its whole life. It's going to have more trouble. 
recognizing like which which one of the art pros it is you yeah. know that robbed that 7-eleven sweet so we're safe yeah for now <laughs> we're good we're good for now yeah all right cool um so san francisco is uh the first city in the country to start trying to have this conversation about whether or not we should be using facial recognition uh okay. something that people are starting to call like big brother tech how long has this been going on like okay i i remember reading something about china using that stuff and what about in america has it been going on like behind closed doors like without people really knowing that it's been going on for so long i don't know do they do that here i mean yeah we use facial recognition here for like already it's mostly like um like federal government stuff okay okay huh that's that's weird to me because i don't know like nobody ever told me that that was being used publicly or in any sort of great capacity like that. So what type of different things uh, can it be used for, let's say, for example, where we're living? Well, and you mean like in Baltimore? Yeah. Uh, well, it can be used to track people as they walk down the street and keep, you know, an eye on what they're doing day to day. Do we even have, like, where are the CCTVs here? I just don't notice them. There's a, well, I mean, there's cameras everywhere. There's cameras, like, on, like, most street corners. There's cameras at every bank. Uh, mm-hmm. There's cameras in most security, like, in most, um, like, convenience stores, retail stores. And also, like, every time you see, like, a traffic camera. But they're... Uh, or, like, those blue true. lights. Yeah, those have cameras, but too. Wouldn't... Okay, so you're talking about different networks of camera right so but you, you can also like someone's cell phone so if i were to take a video of someone doing something on the street i could you technically use that footage for facial recognition now like i don't have access to that but that's not it wouldn't be impossible for me to send that to someone who does yeah that so that i get i get like doing it po- in post mm-hmm. but is it being done live like is, is someone sitting in a big room like in the matrix uh, i think it was a second matrix where the guy's sitting in a room with a bunch of screens and like, uh, are they like watching and sitting and like spying on people? I have this article from wired.com that says that most US, most, a lot of major US cities are starting to move into real time facial recognition. So Chicago has agencies, Detroit has agencies that use real time facial recognition. Um, A lot of people, a lot of cities are purchasing it to start using it. Um, the two main ones are Detroit and Chicago so far, which is interesting considering like the media representation of what those cities are like. I, I wouldn't be surprised if Baltimore was a place that people would want facial recognition in. Why? Because uh, people are scared of black people. Um, is it... I don't know, but this is kind of going over my head a little bit. Like, I get the idea of using the recognition software to identify people, but some of these cameras that are being used, like, for example, if it's a bad bank camera at a bad angle or a grocery store at a bad angle how are you going to trust a computer more than some like a person or and how is that going to be better than a regular investigation you know well you're gonna how much can you really rely on that well you can't rely on it i wouldn't rely on it but at a certain point 
So the, the big thing about these real-time facial recognition is that they're constantly learning um, mm -hmm. like based on how accurate the results they're getting now are. We, we keep telling like, all right, you got this right, you got this wrong to this machine. So eventually it's going to be at least as accurate as a human would be, mm. which is where there's like already a racial bias, right? Because most people yeah. aren't super good at determining, you know, who's who between people that they're not familiar with being around. So one thing that we both learned during our 15 minutes of research is that in order for the artificial intelligence to have some sort of validation about what it just learned, there needs to be a human element to validate what the uh, intelligence is learning, right? Yeah, or so, at least like something programmed by someone who has the answers most of the time. Yeah, But people. even that's kind of sketchy, you know, like you're still, there's still a degree of separation between the human experience and really determining like okay this robot this com the computer intelligence actually is doing something correctly so you're you're creating another filter another di uh artificial filter in between that human validation and I, that's see that's where i'm kind of like mistrusting this type of technology right now and i don't i i i can kind of see that it's still in development yeah and i understand how san francisco is kind of nipping something in the bud because it's really doesn't seem like it really doesn't seem like something very reliable yet yeah i mean i think san francisco is i i agree with that decision to at least start the conversation about what are we going to do with this tech i mean we've never had anything like this before yeah. And I'll be damned if I'm going to let some fucking ignorant people make policies that are going to uh, change, basically, our entire surveillance system. I mean, the way I look at it, if you don't get caught, you didn't do it. <laughs> right. Well, so, um, man, I just, we, I just don't know. Like, I mean, I think that's where a lot of our, confu like, my confusion is coming from is, like, we don't know. So why are, why are cities starting to implement this if we don't even understand actually how accurate it is? Like, I have no concept of how good these things might be terrible. Yeah, so let's, let's we're talking about, we just started talking about how it could be used and implemented towards crime, right? Recognizing and watching people on the in the street to, I don't know, gather data. And I don't even know what the heck it could be used for in, in crime in a, in a, in a really meaningful and useful productive way but well, you know what, what, what else besides that um well i mean i don't know i'm on this article that says here are some things that it might be used for they're all pretty much uh pretty they infringe on people's rights pretty quick right now something that facial recognition is used for is uh unlocking iphones so like the iphone well, unlocking phones, but the iPhone X right now has facial recognition. So, like, I always try and go on my girl's phone, and the first thing it does is face ID. Yeah. Yeah, so there's that. There's smarter advertising is something that this article suggests, which I fucking hate. So, basically, what it's going to do is it's going to go around and, um, for example, let's say you're, like, walking down the street and a CCTV that's hooked up to, like, a digital billboard sees your face right and it, re it recognizes your face and it correlates that with like your instagram and your browsing habits it's like oh this guy was looking at like cat food the other day 
you're going to walk past this billboard that five minutes ago when, you know, Jerry Saltz is walking by it, it like had an ad for, for paint, you walk past it and it's got like ads for like, I don't know, cat litter mm-hmm. or something. And it's going to be accurate. And that means your whole life you're going to be walking around being judged by computers and getting sold more and more shit that you don't want or yeah. that you didn't ask for. Yeah. Well, what's new, right? What's new? I don't yeah. have a problem with being directed advertising all the time. Uh, yeah. That, oh, like you're you're talking about a digitally changing billboard yeah, that like change right in front of you. Yeah, dude. Like ev- and everywhere fuck? you go, that type of advertising changes specific to you. Oh, Which man. like I could see people being like, oh, that's kind of cool. Like you know, I like to buy shit. I want that, but I don't want. I don't want to run the risk of every billboard catching my eye like i don't have that much time in my day to decide to check my bank account every five minutes to be like oh man i have 45 cents can i afford those doritos that they just advertised to me well but you can still just not just ignore it yeah but then at what point do we are we gonna have to just walk around ignoring everything all the time the way that we already kind of have to like you go to somewhere like new york and you're pretty much bombarded yeah imagine if all that stuff was stuff you're interested in you won't ever get anything done well, Dude, Monster Hunter World will be on every billboard all the time. Yeah. And you won't even be able to play it. Well, but that just, you know, the world the world is ever-changing. So that just means that people have to transform the way they receive content, too. And we're living in a content world right now. True. I have not been... I've been racking my head for what artists can do with this. Do you have any ideas? Um, No, because it's it's fairly new to me. And I think that beyond recognition software for for face, what what is really interesting here is machine learning. And I think that artists can use machine learning in a way that doesn't necessarily have to apply to facial recognition. I mean, it might be cool. It's just so abstract that I can't really think of anything off top. It's It's such a deep, new media type of idea okay let me freestyle a bit what kind of <laughs> idea i'm an artist i got funding um I'm, I'm successful i'm like jeff coon's level i want to use artificial learning to create art okay we got digital changing billboards what if that's just it what if you put digital <laughs> screens everywhere that are blank and until your uh viewers walk into the gallery they see exactly what type of advertising's are um directed towards them and that's what happens with with putting something in a gallery setting and i i you know that i got i got a little bit to say about that but without being too divergent on the topic um it's um when you put something in a gallery space it is considered art like let's talk about uh duchamp he put that uh the toilet in a gallery show and it became art and that's that's big that's a, that was a big deal in the art world. So if you do a Coons-esque thing and just, you know, even though his work is kind of like, you could call it trite, you know, big giant balloon animals and big giant piles of Play-Doh and inflatables. And, <laughs> yeah, and you call inflatable. yeah, kitschy shit. He wants kitschy things to be artistic. Well, why can't advertising do the same thing, you know? Like you put... you you. You put those two factors into a gallery setting, boom, art. Like advertising and like specificity to the viewer. Yeah, like that that could be considered art because when you're in a gallery setting, you're 
you're kind of setting yourself up to think about something in a different way. Yeah, I just, like, I get that. That'd be cool. Um, I don't know. It's just off top, you know? Yeah, maybe you could uh, have, what you do is you have these, well, I guess we have to break down what machine learning is. Machine learning is basically, like, a code that um, tries to emulate, like, a small child. So instead of, like, writing a code in a computer that tells the computer, like, how to like how to do a PowerPoint. What you do is you write this code so that the computer tries to make a PowerPoint very poorly. <laughs> and basically every time it makes a PowerPoint that's a little bit better than the one it tried before, you go, all right, good job, computer. And when it does a bad one, you go, bad job, computer. And eventually it gets so good at that that it starts to do really good PowerPoints. Or like like you tell uh, uh, this code to like, I don't know, paint paint a, a cool picture and you attach the code to like a robot arm and the robot arm keeps like you know painting like a vase with flowers you're like no i said cool picture so then it starts to like paint like a vase with like like flowers but the flowers are actually like they have baby heads on the top you're like all right that's a little bit better and you're like no but i really mean like a really cool picture and then it starts to just draw <laughs> stick figures and like some galleries in chelsea you're like oh man that's really cool because it's really bad and the you know the robot arm is like oh cool like Basically, that's that's what machine learning does. It just learns from its mistakes, and it has some type of program telling him it did it right or did it wrong, uh, well, kind of like a child. Computers are already making art, too. So Yeah, and that that's like a big thing. So I guess if I had to make a machine learning piece uh, using you know, anything, not using facial recognition, but whatever, I'd probably like attach it to, I don't know, some violins and have it play random music and have like... <laughs> When viewers walk into the gallery, they can like upvote it or downvote it and be like, oh, I kind of like this better than I liked that other version of it. And then over time, it'll eventually make like the most uh, average banal music because everyone has different tastes and they'll just like, <laughs> it'll just be like essentially Coldplay. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> that's another factor for diminishing the type of work that humans can do because if you got a computer recreating, all of these um, types of uh, art. You, I don't even know if you can call... It's hard for me to wrap my head around computer-generated art. I guess it's art. But if that translates to music... Did you know... I don't, I don't remember where which podcast I listened to. I think it's uh, stuff they don't want you to know. They were talking about how a lot of the top hits in pop music billboards are really written and composed by the same handful of people. Um, I think they're like Scandinavian or Polish or something like that. Wasn't it? Like uh, ABBA. Yeah. Didn't, um, who's that girl who made that song TikTok? You know what I'm talking about? No. Uh, TikTok around the clock. Da, 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 da. no there's there's a lot of musicians who there's like a like a handful of musicians that write music for like most of the people in the pop industry Some, yeah kesha kesha wrote a bunch of yep. famous songs frank ocean did too before he was famous no not even not even them there's like there's like people you go to who write you a top hit oh really yeah that's what they do there's like and there's they're like, like original machine learners Pretty much, and they use <laughs> no. They, they they're pretty much using a formula, like a pop mm -hmm. hit formula, and they know it because they've been in like groups 
they they go in these group settings to decide like all right these are all of our hits um over time this is the type of sound and melody and notes that people respond to and that it's 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 consistent with how humans uh you know the type of melodies humans enjoy and yeah. you, know, you just mix it up a little bit based on the musician's brand that you're trying to write music for change the textures a little bit yeah and then it's a, it feels like a new song but it's really in essence the spirit of the song is the same pop song it's just a pop song so i'm thinking about that so like pop songs are designed to like have the most amount of people listen to it right yeah so like i i guess if we were to draw that comparison to machine learning uh a lot of the importance on the quality of it is like the metrics the metric you use to tell that machine it's doing a good job so like for example this facial recognition thing are you going to tell these these facial robots that they're doing a good job if they get more and more people arrested right like is that what it's going to learn is it going to learn that it's doing a good job if it incarcerates um more people for low level like retail stealing crimes or something like because that's really going to be the first stuff you catch because like people who steal something from target like there's cameras all over target and like like that's essentially what this is going to give them the capability to do is have instead of like one fat guy eating donuts watching cameras and being like oh i finally figured out who this person is it's going to be like a million computers all hooked up to each other being like oh i saw this person steal a frozen dvd and this is who they are. This is where they live. This is where they go every day. Because it has all that CCTV information. Well, you got to tell people I steal frozen DVDs, dude. You know, you outed yourself on that one. <laughs> <laughs> I just love um, Elsa and uh, the snowman. Let me ask you something. How are you feeling? I can't tell because my, my facial recognition abilities for emotions are pretty pretty bad. I need more machine learning. I am feeling good right now. Me too. It's kind of hard to read emotions when we are faceless voices in the void. All right, everybody. I hope you liked uh, that uh, 22 minutes of uh, Gage and I testing our machine learning <laughs> that we uploaded about uh, 12 hours of our voice uh, onto uh, this really, really complex uh, program. We can't really tell you a lot about it because it's too complex. So, um, yeah, th that was our artificial intelligence voices. Yeah, so what we did is we hired these, like, kids from down the street to listen to 12 hours of our podcast and then just do their best impressions. What do you think? Give it up. <laughs> <laughs> Give it up for the kids. Ooh, that, the, art, <laughs> the artificially intelligent kids. Yeah. Um, no, but that's another thing that they could use facial recognition for that might be positive is, like, like there's a lot of people who have trouble both identifying faces like i have a friend who um has like essentially like face amnesia or something like he can't identify people's faces he has to identify them by voice and by oh, yeah. like yeah like chuck close yeah stuff like that or um or like if you're just like socially awkward and you're bad at reading people's faces you could just like hold your phone up and like scan the yeah. room and it'll like vibrate a certain pattern to tell you um oh this person's happy oh this person thinks your music sucks like <laughs> this person is judging your shoes right now oh man this is the future we're looking at like being able to scan people and figuring out based off of the patterns that come from 
the algorithms of their internet usage. So this is this is the internet. We're becoming ants slowly. <laughs> yeah, this is going back to that that earlier episode where we talked about the phone as like an external body object. Like, yeah. are we slowly becoming worse at facial recognition in our brain because we're just gonna let like our phones and like the cameras do that shit for us? I don't think so. No, I think I think that that you know, there's a lot of pe- different types of people who perceive uh, the world and and the, the you know, for example. There's type, there's people that can recognize people's faces but can't remember their names. And All then there's the time, people who can man. remember their names but can't recognize faces very well. I have that issue too. Yeah, so, I mean, well, you can't really count being in a bar and forgetting yeah. like, <laughs> who people are. It doesn't really count, I don't think. Also, if you don't look people in the eyes, it's really hard to remember their face. Yeah. So, well, I mean, we've been we've been talking about all the scary things that facial recognition uh can become eventually. And the cynical side of me really thinks that it's pretty inevitable when you have something so useful that there's going to mm-hmm. be powers that be that will think it's good against the, you know, whatever the greater wisdom of life has taught us over time yeah so i I just don't know but there are good things like what you just said if if there are uh i think what did it say in the list one of them said that uh people with uh disabilities like blindness yeah really benefit from that or people with the facial recognition amnesia type disease for example we we mentioned chuck close if you're not familiar with chuck close Chuck Close is a American painter who makes very large scale hyper realistic works. He th- those were his original works and he transitioned into larger scale works and basically he would replicate paintings by gritting out the image of the person he wanted to paint and um kind of like a paint by number system where each grid re- represents a different color and that was his way to kind of um, un- I don't know, recognize faces through art. Yeah. Is that a good description, you think? Yeah, of course. Like, yeah. I, and also, the, that's one of those artists that's, like, so innocuous. A lot of people have seen it. Yeah, so uh, if, if you don't know who Chuck Close is, uh, check out. We'll post about him on our Instagram, and you can, or you can Google his art, but you should probably go to our Instagram instead. Yeah, follow that shit. Paid That'd be dot tight. artists. Yeah, we're going to become in- insta-famous. Um, another thing that I thought was interesting, that's kind of scary on here. It says track school attendance, but then I started thinking about it the other way. It's like, if you have, uh, like cameras everywhere that are connected to themselves, um, let's say someone goes missing, like they're missing from school and then their parents can't find them. And, uh, they're not actually trying to run like run away. They're just like some kid who got lost. Like this type of facial recognition can probably find someone like that much quicker. Um, that is good but at the same time if you're someone who's like trying to hide or like escape something then it makes facial recognition a lot more dangerous for you well there's two sides to every coin you know well this is i think i think that this is um an important conversation because there's a lot of people who don't want to live in a surveillance state like that even though it would make a lot of things safer like they don't want they would much rather deal with the risk rather than put the power of of like ultimate facial surveillance into the hands of people that aren't just like themselves like you can at at the point that we give like major police agencies that type of power then there's you know that's another right we've given up that they're never going to give us back 
like they're not going to be like oh we're not using this anymore mm-hmm. so i understand um criticisms against it i personally am against it but i can see the benefits of it yeah yeah i think i think that the usage of machine learning is going to be inevitable man automatic cars Automatic driving cars, I mean, facial yeah, recognition that... software is already being implemented in phones. I think automatic driving cars are cool. I wish that they didn't have to all be connected. I think that if they do ever do that, there should be a lane, a special lane for automatic cars so that they could just drive at a different speed. Yeah, and not just have drive to like... however they want. Yeah, because if you, if you give cars their own lane that are driving automatically, it will reduce the risk of regular drivers yeah being you know not being able to maybe anticipate what a machine is going to do because it's different you know it's a different type of anticipation than if a human is driving yeah i I would assume i would assume unless unless you know how how we described earlier you you know you're really going to have to input a lot of driving data into a car for it to be really good at driving by itself and right tesla's already doing it i mean they really just drive straight in the highway but they're not like making turns. They don't know. I don't think they. I've seen them like back out and park and stuff too. Yeah, which I, is cool. That that's doable. Simple. Yeah, you can make a robot that could do that. Like with just like a motion sensor. E- even before that, like luxury cars have already been doing that. Yeah, I like the idea of like a. F- and this is far off because people aren't going to give up their like manual cars. But I like the idea of like a society of self-driving cars and all the self-driving cars can work with each other basically like like bees like you know bees barely yeah ever run into each other and they're very um specific it's like you'd have like like a set of cars driving on the highway that knows what all the other cars are going to do at any time like that sounds to me like pretty safe if it's accurate but then you have to worry about what like like let's say you broke the law and you're in one of those self-driving cars and then it just shuts down the car and then you get locked in there and let's say you were breaking the law because it is now illegal for you to, um, I don't know, feed your kids past like 9 p.m. or something, then it becomes a problem. There's a great irony to me about all of this advancement or what we call advancement in technology because to me, I see the implementation of this technology as reflections of things that nature has already been doing successfully. Like you mentioned the bees, I mentioned the ants. I think that machine learning and the internet is just another form of what insects already do using chemicals. Like bees are really, really good at like coordinating with each other using chemicals. So are ants. Like like as we get further away from our natural self, I, I feel like there's something within our organic like mind that wants and sees all of the successful things that nature is already doing and humans aren't really capable of fully it's not natural for humans to do but we replicate it using technology because we know that it works very well we just eventually start building enough shit to become like <laughs> giant bees <laughs> like our whole life. We're just like that's our ultimate form yeah, <laughs> yeah we're gonna be like living we're gonna be living in piles of our own like vomit yeah we, we're gonna be using like our excrement and our vomit to make hives out of and yeah. live in and everybody's going to be so happy because we're going to be using and eating the most efficient form of food, which is honey, which is bee vomit, pretty yeah. much, and pollen. I think that, um, well, dude, okay, I mean, this nectar, is a total side note. Nectar, Did you right? know that, I guess this is like a commonly known thing, but if you have like serious allergies, it helps to eat local honey. Yeah. 
I had no idea. Yeah, yeah, because they have that pollen in them. Yeah, our yeah. pros fact, episode thirteen. Yeah, dude. I mean, I know, I know everybody. Most people that are listening to this podcast probably know that we should be saving the bees, mm. and bees are super important. Yeah, but what if they sting us? Man? Ecology. Well, they won't sting you if you don't mess with them. <laughs> or the queen. Yeah, bees are important to our ecology. Although, what if we make, like, micro drones that do the same thing as bees that also use machine learning to, like, figure out how to be like bees? Bee.jpg. Yeah, and then they, we put little solar panels on their back, and it's like we have tiny little... Oh, but they might get hacked. What's going to happen when we start hacking animals? Like that- when... Dude, that was in um, that was in Dark Black Mirror. Yeah, the little bee yeah, episode. Yeah, got hacked, right? I forgot about that. I didn't finish the whole thing. It was too long. But like, I was episode. watching. Huh? It was a boring episode. Was it? I didn't really like it. I thought it was a very serious topic that they made too boring of an episode about. Yeah, I think that's what made me stop watching. Yeah. I just got bored. But that's that's fascinating. What if we do hack animals? I I'm dude, I'm willing to wager that it's already happening. Yeah, you think that there's like turtles and shit that are slowly I, coming for your your kids dude i gotta look it up but i think that i read something about um dude they hack rats they've been yeah they yeah, hack rats and make them rat. like do stuff yeah um also oh my god i can't believe i just remembered this they they're i think the same place that hacks rats brains uh the way they trained that thing how to move in a rat is it like put it in an artificial rat brain that it was like, like this computer chip that they put in an artificial rat brain in the computer and ran simulations of it running of it it ran simulations of this fucking like fake rat computer chip running like a maze Whoa. and then they put it back into a rat so it started oh, from a rat brain and then they trained its neurons and then they took it out and then they put it back in a fucking rat brain Dude, or I, no, they put it in something else. Oh, I gotta do research on that, but you know, 15 minutes is already up. God, yeah. if only people would donate to the Patreon, I could we'll, explain more about this. We'll do it in the next episode. I'm sure people would love to hear that. What I'm so we're putting like we're hacking nine. Hmm? That was like in 2009 they were doing that shit too. Yeah, dude. I mean, I feel I feel like rats should be honored more for their contribution to society, just like a horse or the dog, like. The dog has helped humans just as much as rats, but rats are like martyrs for yeah. our society. And, you know, I don't necessarily feel too bad for rats because they're extremely good at survival and they can survive in way, probably more ways than humans can. I think they might outlive us still. Dude, we should write a proposal for like Johns Hopkins to have like a giant bronze rat sculpture in front of its like science department. Yeah, people. I think <laughs> I think rats need more respect, man. We live in a city where you know we're known for rats, just like you know New York City, Baltimore has big that, ass rats. Dude. Like I've been all over Baltimore City, and I've only seen like thirty rats, maybe. Really? Yeah, out, I see rats all the time. Really? Yeah, all, I have bad eyesight. Time. Yeah, that because they're good at hiding they're good at keeping still and i just see him like chilling damn you'd be a good hunter like Me? A, like a, some sort of monster hunter or like a <laughs> rat hunter dude i feel like i feel like my ancestry i have like hunter blood because i have a really good vision and i for some reason i have i find great joy in throwing rocks stuff yeah stuff i've noticed that yeah i love throwing rocks and trying to hit objects i feel like i was like a spear fisherman or something in a past life maybe i just feel like it i don't have that man 
I just like I like throwing things. My eyesight is garbage. Like I feel like if we got put into some sort of post-apocalyptic world, <laughs> like I would need to get someone's glasses like ASAP. Um, I don't know, man. I think you have I think you have decent intuition and like maybe you. I I feel like your your brain grew to its massive size because it had to compensate from your lack of crisp vision without glasses <laughs> because if you see like you know the, we're talking about this is still on the topic of machine learning because yeah. gage's brain is, is, a, machine is a machine yeah it's it you know you you all do not have to sit with gage and start planning and doing the research because i'm sitting there i'm trying to catch up with my regular human brain and gage is sitting here with a intel pentium just like <laughs> knocking out facts and stuff and telling me anecdotes and 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 stuff so so Don't anyway tell i make it up <laughs> <laughs> anyway so um machine learning it's the future i think it's just you know it's inevitable it's already underway and we have no idea what is going on behind closed doors with technology we don't even know about did you know that they had this inventor created vr in like 1950 literally oh, really? yeah you put like like it's the same idea because it's really just a screen that is refracted yeah and um it, i think he called it like a sensory so and so device yeah and i mean it didn't take off because there wasn't really a lot of value in that back in the day like there no, were no. there was an internet yeah people didn't have cell phones in their pocket like what are you how are you going to um capitalize on that really? it also wasn't something that like a bunch of people could buy and talk about i'm sure it took a long time to manufacture one i don't i mean it was at that time i i guess science fiction was interesting to people so i mean maybe it was just as valuable as it was cool you yeah know? uh i'm gonna look it up right now yeah man please do i my whole thing so something that's cool about machine learning i may have brought this up in a past episode i may not there's a there's like a lot of applications for us to teach machines how to do jobs. Oh, yeah, the telesphere mask. That's really cool. Yeah. So it's pretty much like the same idea as those inexpensive VR masks that you can uh well, it's more of a box and you and put you your use phone in it. Miniaturized TV tubes. Yeah. So these days we can put our phone in a box with refractory lenses and you can strap it onto your head and you can use your phone as a VR, a simple VR screen device. And really the idea is simple in and of itself. You get a screen, you refract the lenses to reflect how the curvature of the eye is and, you know, the angle in which your retina uh, consumes light. Yeah. And then that's it. That's badass, man. Yeah. So this guy in, um, when was it? Let me check the exact date for the, this patent. The patent is, Gage said, a telesphere mask. It was patented in 1960 by uh, an inventor. Where is it? Morton Helig. The Sensorama. <laughs> that's such a, that's such just 1960s name yeah they're like oh this is an object of the future like from like uh something like uh star trek or something it said in that article he showed me that like it's identical to a vr headset in every way except it's connected to tv tubes 
yeah instead of the internet or yeah. whatever like our cables that we use now copper wire cables or whatever the fuck they call it yeah i think a lot of the stuff we have now is from pre-existing technology and it's been marketed to seem new and brand spanking like different. double ipas <laughs> <laughs> yeah double ipas ipas have existed forever like yeah. i don't know shit about beer <laughs> i'm drinking a watermelon shandy right now what are you drinking i'm drinking a watermelon shandy hell yeah that's talk about summer uh beer recognition technology oh (laughs) dude is that what people are gonna do with it they're just gonna like make like a drinking robot that is like oh yes this is a double ipa (laughs) is that what we're talking about now like how artificial intelligence can automate really banal things yeah ai robot like a saw (laughs) like i'm gonna talk I'm, i'm gonna buy a google home with ai machine learning and ask it about my sense of socks fashion like what type of sock a uh google what type of socks should i get tomorrow i'll tell you what dude a um sock matching robot i think would be very valuable in the market like if you had a robot that could learn how to match your socks properly just off of like like i hate finding socks that match all the time dude imagine living in a world where everything is automated for you by a computer like Like, wouldn't that be boring yeah, like, I mean, you'd, you'd have, like, someone serving you, all, like, a robot serving you all the time, and the morals are kind of gone from servitude, you know? Yeah, I think, but that's cool. You can put on a VR headset and then go into a world where that's not the case. What are we going to turn into? <laughs> like, are our bones eventually going to get smaller and more brittle because we don't have to do as much? Are our brains going to get simpler because we rely on technology so much? Or are we going to turn... Are we, are we going to... um use the extra time that we will have from these machines to become better at being what being more creative being more inventive or are we gonna be more lazy we're probably gonna become bigger consumers like we're just gonna learn how to consume more shit this is a big problem for economists you ever seen wally you ever seen irobot yeah that's right all these movies are the same exact movie dude (laughs) Wally, I remember initially not liking Wally when I first watched it because I was annoyed. Wally? No, (laughs) no. I was thinking of like when I first watched Wally, I was annoyed because the robot only said Wally. I was like, yeah. I was like, all right, this is you know, this is a little. I'm a little too old for this, you know. (laughs) I can't be watching this. But one day, I went back to the Philippines and I got super drunk with my uh dad and his friends outside because we were like celebrating and i drank this beer too much of this beer called why uh dark horse dark horse beer in the philippines is very strong it actually says on the bottle extra strong (laughs) and they come in like liters i think a liter of beer (laughs) yeah you can get like a it's like a 40 it's fucking liters barrels yeah (laughs) (laughs) so i got like a a liter of uh dark horse and i drank five of them right got over the course of the night i got turned and i woke up i was super hungover and i turned on the tv and uh had a splitting headache and the only thing that was making me feel better was wally and I was like, <laughs> wow this is so good like it felt so good about wally at that time i've still and, never seen it i just heard there's like fat people on the spaceship it's cool it's like a cute movie and i, I think it 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 re- can it's probably really successful to kind of educate children on the 
you know, dangers of consumption and and how to how to treat your planet. You know? Yeah. Because that's what Wally's all about. It's about this like robot that humans created in the past to like consolidate trash. And then fast forward to the future, Wally begins. Uh, it the movie begins as Wally in this dystopian Earth is essentially abandoned, but Wally is still working. Yeah, it's like the last one of the last Wallys left doing trash consolidation, but there's so much trash, and Wally is just consolidating this insurmountable amount of trash alone. And I'm not gonna spoil the movie for anybody, but let me tell you, it's a wild ride. I'm going to spoil Endgame for everyone listening right now. <laughs> Gage and, and friends are in Endgame. And Stanley's not in it. Stanley's not in it. The dragon fucking dies. The yeah, dragon really dies. Sad. And Jon Snow is actually... Oh, dude, no. Tomorrow's the last episode. Don't really? I don't yeah, even, I have, of all I've not even watched. Oh, my God, I've dude. only watched the first two seasons. It's pretty good pretty good i couldn't follow the characters like yeah, that's, that's i lot. had to stop every episode this season has been like a movie length but not movie quality like um, I, I enjoyed it though yeah pretty good sorry guys listening to this we just had to have a brief game of thrones reprieve we're back to facial recognition i'll tell you what deep fakes who knows about deep fakes you hey, know about hold, deep fakes oh, if, if anybody thinks that we should just become a game of thrones podcast sound off in the comments below send us an email and we'll switch <laughs> we'll happily switch up yeah, for real. In fact, I'm thinking that once we get enough Patreon supporters, what we'll do is we'll we'll just have votes every week on what, what we should podcast about <laughs> from now on. And the big question at the end, what does this have to do with, with art? Um, Nothing, I guess. Well, that's a big question <laughs> as an artist. Yeah, <laughs> you true. walking around, what does that have to do with art? Why do I want to make art about this yeah. thing that I'm, random thing that I'm interested in? Because you can. Don't be limited by your own um uh insecurities you can make art about anything you can make art about anything you can make art with toilet paper you can make art by taking pictures of yourself flipping off a monument so here's an art piece for all you edgy artists out there what you can do is you can employ facial recognition in your own life what you do is you get a big screen right and you put it in a gallery and then you use an algorithm on the computer to go through people's facebook feeds right everyone's facebook feeds on the whole planet and you look at their political denomination and then you attribute those political denominations to to facial versions of like Shrek and like like <laughs> Lord Farquaad and like maybe like the Sith Lord so that when people come through in your gallery and then the 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 computer sees their face on the on the whatever on the camera screen it's a live feed from that gallery, except everyone's faces based on their on their political denominations is changed to things that you find offensive or funny to represent them as. <laughs> yeah, I, I was I got my brain is look, probably if you gave me an MRI, it would look like a pretzel right now. After right, so, so some guys like some I don't know, you don't like Republicans or something. You you make it so that every time someone who identifies as a Republican walks into uh, your gallery, their face is replaced with. So Shrek someone, so something. someone, someone that identifies as a Republican walks into a bar, right? Yeah, maybe and he they're... sits down next to someone that identifies uh, as a, a Shrek. <laughs> and uh yeah and they, they uh order uh two of their favorite drinks and all of a sudden the screen pops up 
with a billboard uh, in front of the Republican, and it's one of those automated artificial intelligence billboards that reflect what the Republican likes. And what is what's on the screen? Lightning round. A uh, dozen eggs. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what does oh, that man. Have to do with Dude, art? That could be so <laughs> embarrassing. Imagine if you're walking around and like in New York City with these automated like billboard things that we're imagining and like boom, up comes a uh flashlight advertisement right yeah. next to you, right next to your face. I mean, dude, that's see that's the thing is like like this facial recognition technology, I think that a lot of people are making the mistake of thinking that it's just going to be their face attached to their name and their social security number. Oh. But it's going to be their face attached to their name and their social security number and their Facebook profile and their Instagram and their place of employment and everything else that they do that's traceable on the internet. All of it is going to get aggregated into one place. So sure as hell, you're going to be walking down New York City and you're going to get an automatic blowjob machine advertisement while you're talking to a girl you just met on Tinder. You know what's messed up, man? How come I'm not getting any money from all this information I'm giving to Facebook? Like, oh, they yeah. should be paying me, man. Like, yeah, how much Mark? does it cost to download Renz's algorithm or Gage's <laughs> algorithm? I want to see what is in my algorithm. Dude, we should just start giving our data directly. Like, instead of having a Facebook, just give it directly to the advertisers. Dude, what the hell, <laughs> Mark? Like, <laughs> come on, Mark. Stop being a, a freaking information mafia man. Give me some of the cut. You're making money off me, dude. Yeah. And now you're making me pay for marketing for my own pod yeah man come on man at least give yeah. me throw me a bone dude yeah, throw him a bone man come on this give me some engage some free freaking marketing and and don't don't pigeonhole don't limit us to to how much exposure we get because that's what's happening now we're limited to this exposure and we have to pay for, for these the advertisements and i don't pay for this clout mark you're making money off of my algorithm this is my data that i'm i'm allowing I'm using your software for free and I'm not getting any of that uh, trillion dollars That's that the company up, has. Man. He's stealing yeah, it give me a us. percentage of it. Yeah. I'll be happy with like $20 a week. You know what I mean? I'll watch a That's million so ads a day. Just pay me. I don't need, you know what I mean? Like, well, I think it, okay. So if, if it was going to be uh, sustainable and equitable for people, so really these companies are making money from our data yeah because we're using their software for free i get it you agree to use it yeah preach but listen if you're gonna make money from that if you're selling my information to the to to advertising companies to don draper up there in the tall building i want a cut of that i want 20 dollars a week i want a percentage yeah i'll take 20 bro. bucks a week for 50 all that a week yeah yeah dude you Pay won't even me. hear me complain. I won't sign no change.org petitions, nothing. Yeah, and and if you start, I believe that if Facebook starts giving people a cut of that type of thing, nobody's going to think as critically as they do about it now. Yeah, that totally circumnavigates the whole thing of like, well, if you have nothing to hide, then why do you care about my your data being stolen? It's like, bro, I just care about it. Like, I just don't want someone to be aggregating that and then making profit off of knowing more shit about me than my fucking family does data and enslavement man yeah. well not really it's no just it's very passive like like yeah they're taking advantage I, of my data yeah it's my data yeah Free my data yeah yeah, I'm with you on this. I, I might, we may just be belligerent, but I'm angry. Now. <laughs> <laughs> From two like three percent uh, alcohol level shandies. It's like less than that. It's like like this might. I think it's very close to being considered non-alcoholic. This is like a, a beers that. Uh, this is like Mike's hard lemonade. Listen up, level. guys. See, we need you to donate to the Patreon so we can get real fucked up. 
so we can just start yelling about things that make zero sense instead of 80 cents all right i'm just kidding i'm fired up i'm fired up i'm heated too like Look, what man. else can we just rant about you know I, what i have a lot of energy i don't want to yell right into the mic but my whole thing about this facial recognition thing is that where does it stop? Is it going to start doing dick recognition? Is it going to start doing bicep recognition? Like, like your face can change over time. What if you put on a lot of weight and then people start mistaking you for like your younger brother? Like, there's a lot of opportunity for them to look at this technology as though it's 100% accurate and get things wrong and there's nothing you can do to defend yourself. Well, you know... I don't know the answer to that, obviously. I don't know what the future holds because it's contingent on consumer uh, demand. I think that artificial learning is going to be very valuable valuable in the future to people. <laughs> hold on. Time out, everybody. <laughs> Gage just showed me this text from his mom that said, have you heard of the rapper Logic? <laughs> because it's, I, I, I mentioned that not to uh, out gauge right now but we're talking about like artificial intelligence right now yeah which is contingent definitely. on logic yeah <laughs> so um well hey, that was a good one <laughs> <laughs> that was sick i love i love funny like parent texts like that yeah <laughs> well, what was i just talking about that was too fire like <laughs> hold on let's run it back so we can i was listen. getting mad like Okay. Okay. That made me feel so much better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta. You gotta give, give it up to moms. This is a. Uh, this is a uh, uh, belated Happy Mother's Day. Yeah. To, that was good. Happy Mother's Day, mom. I know you're gonna listen to this because you listen to most episodes and you give me very long, not long critiques. I just yell at you about how I feel about it, but I appreciate you for that. Great. You. Yeah. Um. Uh, so what was I talking about? Dude, we were mad about... I was mad about something. I know you were mad about something, too. Uh... These beers being too weak? <laughs> <laughs> um, alright, so I was we talking need... about my data. I was talking about my data getting, uh... We need machine learning algorithms to remember shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, maybe... You know, that might be a good thing. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't be upset if i had like my own personal ai bot that could uh remember and track the things that i ever say well no that seems flawed like i'm just trying to think of some sort of machine that i could ask like dude what did, hey machine what did i just what, what was i just talking about that would be good i don't know but like a lot of the things that i forget are in my head like my thoughts just like kind of yeah, fade but away. machine learning might get so good that it thinks exactly like you and can tell you what you were thinking anyways. That's creepy. It is, but, like, you know, it's feasible. Also, there's, like, fucking Elon Musk, he's talking about connecting our brains to computers, like some giant idiot. Like, the the amount of of risk and the amount of human testing you need to do to perfect that is just, like, totally pointless like why do you want oh we're gonna have our people think so fast because we're gonna connect it to computers why not just make computers that think that fast and then just still have a human fucking deal with the information like why do you need that yeah what we're gonna do is we're gonna do exactly the matrix we're gonna do exact you remember the mate we're gonna do that and it's gonna be real good for society because we'll have a bunch of people who are really irritating and know every fact about the titanic <laughs> <laughs> well look i I can't speak for what's going to happen in the future. I can't speak for how 
how American consumption is going to match up with all this uh, crazy technology we got going on. But I, you know, what I do like to do and what makes me interested about this new technology is kind of looking back at really old science fiction novels. Like Philip K. Dick is one of my biggest, like one of my favorite writers because really the technology that we come up with and create is only limited by our imagination and what, you know, what we want to work towards trying to actually make. And it can be funny because, you know, years ago people were imagining maybe we'd be driving in flying cars by the year 1990. In year 2000, we're going to be teleporting. Yeah. (laughs) No, uh, it's a little simpler than that. Are we not not doing that? I don't go out much. Are we not doing that stuff? No, but I mean, like, like even artificial intelligence technology is happening right now and books in the 1950s and 60s already imagined that before it was even like a thing that was realistic yeah yeah like people were people just thought about it like what if as as soon as the machine came to be and entered the uh zeitgeist Wait, wait, can you explain what zeitgeist means? Cause I I'm can't. Hella dumb. I don't know what zeitgeist means. I think zeitgeist is just the culmination of like the human experience. All right, I'll take my. Hat I think off. that's. I know what it means. <laughs> I think I think that's what it means. All right, let me look at my iPhone. And while I'm looking at my iPhone, I'll make up the the. All right, so here's my made up definition for the zeitgeist. The zeitgeist is basically the cultural aggregate. We'll call it the cultural stew of the world that you live in so like like if you want to participate in the zeitgeist it's why you go see ratatouille that's why you go see avengers endgame because you want to be part of the zeitgeist it's just like the cultural stew that everyone eats from it's yeah it's like it's 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 a def it's a defining uh it's a definition of a time period that you live in pretty much yeah and it's a german word i know that yeah right so it sounds like it all right, here we go. I got the real definition. The defining spirit or mood of a particular period of history as shown by the ideas and beliefs of the time. Yeah. Cool. So you were totally on it. I made some shit up. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> what we need is a machine learning algorithm that can just tell us when we're making stuff up and when we're telling the truth. <laughs> That'd be sick. Um, what, what, well, what's some like stuff you think scientists haven't thought of that like us as artists could use machine learning for? Hmm. I don't know, man. Scientists are way more smart than me. What could but that's I? That's why they don't think of this stuff, dude. What could I think of that scientists haven't thought of yet? Damn, dude, you're putting me on the spot here. Uh, right, I got, I got one. Um, um, we, you could use machine learning. Like lumberjacks could have like a GoPro attached to a drone that flies up and looks up and down a piece of wood and finds the knots that you want to avoid when you're trying to make like. Good pine wood to sell at Home Depot. Okay, okay. Yeah, I think, think of that, scientists. I would apply machine learning to an uh, some sort of ecological, an ecologically sustainable function. Like, okay, let's use machine learning to track human habits and figure out calculations of how this is affecting the environment. But that doesn't have anything to do about art, so it's pretty pointless. No, you could you could use machine learning to figure out what type of foods 
that they feed cows that make cows fart so much because meth like cow methane is like a pretty big contributor to like greenhouse gases you hear that everybody interns <laughs> farting might be funny to you now but it's making a huge hole in the ozone layer <laughs> we're farting so much that the air is farting out our oxygen yeah or the the earth the earth is farting out our oxygen to these Fuck holes the in the ozone layer um you could use machine learning to figure out uh the habits of consumers based on the weather hmm. and and uh use that information to figure out when to have sales and stuff if you sell stuff they already do that yeah i know yeah but you could use a machine to do that instead of like having to be all smart and figure that shit out yourself i think machines already do that oh god damn it i'm see we're so behind as artists what we need is we need to become computer programmers i feel like they know everything dude machine learning is probably used in the stock market and stuff like that i mean it really what it is is optimization and efficiency and productivity yeah so, it's it has that it has that learning curve where it's worse than us and then it reaches a point where it's like way better than us i'm assuming but what's interesting about that is that it doesn't really have any unique decision making capabilities it's all contingent on the application of it no i'm pretty sure that the whole point of people trying to teach machines like using machine learning as opposed to like just writing a, a code to tell it what to do when is so that it can learn how to make decisions. So like the whole idea of like, like let's say you have a crane and you could have one guy program this crane to pick up boxes from section A and put them into section D, right? Or you could train a crane on how to pick up boxes and how to discern the difference between section A, B, C, or D and then you can just tell it when you need to, when you need to put what box where, kind of like a human. Mm. Well, I can't wait for a time where a human boss finds its machine AI robot sneaking off into uh, the supply room smoking machine <laughs> weed. <laughs> this student <laughs> doesn't want to work anymore. Coming in drunk with like a, like a camelback filled with vodka. <laughs> <laughs> Something. Some sort of uh, USB drive with alcohol loaded into it. A USB drive with like crazy viruses that we can't comprehend. Viruses that get the machine high. Yeah. Yeah, that would be interesting. I'll, like, I don't know, man. Machine learning is really heady because it's, it's, it's what everyone's using to figure out AI. And I wish I understand it better because I feel like it's really dangerous. And I feel like it's going to get rid of a lot of jobs and make a surveillance state like that much more encroaching upon our freedoms as people. But I don't understand a fucking lick of it. Like what I need is um, someone really smart, like, like house from that show house to explain machine learning to me. <laughs> he can explain diseases to you. I feel like he's the smartest person who ever lived. That's what I always got the vibe. I never he's watched the show, but he just seemed like a douche. It's a good show. He um, basically has uh, cures. He's a figures out diagnose. He's a diagnostician, so he um, he figures out the diagnostics faster than the hospital can tell him what to do, and he just fucking cures these people because he doesn't want to wait for the damn bureaucracy to tell him what to do because he knows better. What happens when the robots get like that? They can't. No, they can't top house. 
<laughs> no, dude. House is a fucking superhero. Yeah, true. Really, though? Oh, dude, you know what would be a great application of this AI, deep fake, facial recognition? So... I don't even know if we ever explained deepfake. Deepfake uses uh, footage to make fake versions of like celebrities and shit. So it it's an AI that that uses all the footage from the internet and from TV to essentially fake very realistic looking footage of people doing stuff that they never did. And it would be really cool to use that deepfake technology to like continue on uh, the joy of painting by Bob Ross. Oh, man, that kind of would make me sad and creeped out. <laughs> but it would be sick, too. Like, why can't you just watch reruns? Because uh, eventually that Bob Ross has nothing left to teach you. I guess that's... But it's not Bob Ross teaching you. It's How? a robot. Okay, so... It's Bob Ro- It's it's the remnants of Bob Ross's whatever... To be B- Z- B0B Ross, is that okay? <laughs> B-O-B Ross. B0B-R055. I'd be okay with that. Yeah. Bob Ross. I just got thinking about Alan Iverson and how his nickname was AI. And also it was the ant. No, was it, was it the answer? His nickname was the answer and AI. Is AI the answer? Damn, dude. Has someone from the future (laughs) been trying to give us messages through Alan Iverson this whole time? Yeah. Sometimes when I'm uh, feeling... Synchronicity. When I'm feeling extra heady, (laughs) I feel like... Um, people that are very influential are from the future and they're not just like not telling anybody like what if okay so i thought about this before going to work yesterday what if elon musk is part of a family from the future and this family is a uh a owner of a highly successful lawn company because there is no more grass in the future so they're they're making electronic lawns e lawn <laughs> right they, they have an e lawn company and e musk is his first name so it's like japanese so he's mm. musk of the e lawn family yeah i'm i'm following yeah so so e lawn was like you know i don't want to follow in in my my family's footsteps i i know so much about business because my father's a successful electronic lawn businessman there's no more grass in the future i'm gonna go to the past i, I i'm really interested in uh, the history of uh uh 1990s and uh you know they didn't you know they they didn't have any uh uh electronic technology for uh paying each other so i'm gonna invent paypal i'm gonna in, in the past invent <laughs> paypal and really mess with the future because i hate my dad yeah my dad sucks yeah i'm gonna mess with his lawn company and try to see uh and, and i'm gonna invent electronic cars so maybe maybe lawns will live when when my in, in the time that my real family exists in the year 3000 oh that makes sense yeah see but he hasn't gotten rid of himself yet because he's trying to move us to mars and eventually he succeeds and yeah then they need an electronic launch yeah because because you know he might be he might know how to be even more successful with his tesla cars but he just wants to limit it a little so he could stay alive for longer and yeah. date like grimes and stuff yeah yeah what are, so, what are we out in time man what do, what do you think about that the, oh we're an hour and seven in all right. We're, uh, we're getting close to finishing. Yeah. We're at the finish line. We're past what we usually do. What? I'm sorry. I cut you off. I was just wondering because I like it, it could have been 20 minutes. could have been an hour and a half. Like that's how good we are. 
<laughs> one cut. We've been doing one take since episode three, guys. Well, episode four, I mean. Yeah, I got a feeling that eventually we'll reach a point where if we have enough fans, we'll get phone calls about how annoyed they are that we do one take and we don't edit. <laughs> well, but I'm not going to edit that it's shit. All about, We're not going to edit that shit. No, we nah, got to. We're too good. We got to keep an element of organicness. We'll get so good one day that like improv groups will, will they'll have a, a an activity called called art pros where they pretend to do a podcast on stage dude it's all about being natural you know we don't want to turn into an uh a system of mach- like you know uh organizing the the best dankest ideas also we don't have that kind of time the only system we want to be is system of a brown yeah. <laughs> chilling in the name of yeah uh you were gonna ask a question you still want to ask that question i forgot what i was gonna ask dude that's why we need machine learning I was going to ask you a question. You were like, what do you think of... I, and then you pulled out the fidget spinner, so it might be the fidget spinner. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I forgot by this point. Yeah. Um, uh, but, yeah. I think uh, e- Elon Musk is from the future. Maybe Bezos is too. Maybe Jobs was from the future. Dude, Jeff Bezos wants to move all the poor people out to space and keep all the rich people here. <laughs> That's what they do in... Uh, vancouver they moved all of the homeless people to this island yeah so this is kind of so super fucked up man i just hope someone catches jeff bezos slipping and just takes one for the fucking team that'd be cool jeff bezos just wants to gentrify the planet the fucking planet yeah push everyone out into space that's what the hell plan. mars is like the ghettoest fucking place that's like that's like getting pushed out to the fucking bird like not the birds it's getting pushed out way beyond the birds it's getting pushed out bro dude they should, oh. if if they want to like colonize Mars, god damn it, you should figure out if it's even like no, but you're just running away from your problems. Here's the psyops thing: is like there's all this content about how when we colonize Mars and we colonize space, the rich people are gonna go there, but that's just a trick. They're gonna try and trick all the poor people into thinking that's where we want to be when Earth is clearly like our best habitat. So they're gonna push us all out there to fucking farm resources. Dude, rich people are not gonna go to the fucking moon. No, man. We there's are. nothing there. Yeah, we're yeah. We're gonna have okay. to live there. It's gonna be garbage. I'm not living in the moon. There's nah. yeah, we have so much garbage where there's garbage in space. Y'all can y'all can take me off this planet over my cold dead body. Dude, Jack I got Bezos. I got an idea. Well, is it possible to like collect garbage and like well i wonder if elon has thought of this what well, elon's got all these rockets he's launching all these rockets why don't you take all the garbage and launch it towards the sun i think i think that's like the number one like people say that all the time <laughs> why what, what's the yeah we don't have any rockets i that saw can that make in futurama oh yeah, rockets that can make it that far well no i don't know like Elon launches fucking car in space, and it's like, why, why, why can't they calculate some sort of uh, way that we can use a centrifugal force of gravity so that it like to orbits towards the sun? Yeah, I mean, I don't see a problem with just shooting it into space. Like, I don't think we need to send it to the sun. We can just. I don't know. That's kind of dangerous. What if like the microbes in it like turn into another alien race and come back and say like, dude, you remember me? <laughs> that would be the most mundane way of becoming gods yeah <laughs> we like send, we like send trash into space and it turns into like full living life forms that come back and they try and kill us like we're their father yeah i don't know man i'm just getting 
getting far removed from the original topic and think about trash in the world. Yeah. All right, guys. This has been the Art Pros. Thank you so much for listening again. Uh, I hope you recognize us when you see us on the street and call out our name and go, oh, my God, it's the Art Pros. Thank you for listening to today's episode. This is Renz.jpg coming to you live from Baltimore, Maryland. This is Gage B. The third iteration. Goodbye.